He's called you to outreach, to extend, your, extend yourself greater than yourself, to go beyond your comfortableness, to, to be a person that, that reaches out to your neighbor, to your friend, to your coworker with the gospel of Jesus Christ in many different ways. And I, I, I was thinking uh, earlier how God used a tree to turn bitter water into sweet. We know the representation that it was the cross, and it was a symbol of the cross. But can you imagine the people standing around saying, we're thirsty and the water's bad, and then uh, Moses throws a tree in it. And uh, many of you would have, uh, you know, many of us would have said, what are you doing? You're making it dirtier. He told Noah to build a, a boat on dry land and said it's going to rain when it's never rained before. How many of you didn't know that? That it had never rained before, the rains of Noah. The earth was watered by dew and watered from underneath. And so there Noah was building this huge thing and extending himself beyond himself because it had never rained and God said it was gonna rain and he believed God. And because of Noah's obedience, because of Moses' obedience, great things happened. They extended, they outreached themselves greater than uh, their comfortableness. He told Paul to anoint handkerchiefs, and uh, he anointed handkerchiefs and sent them out, and people were raised from the dead. People that he never talked to, people he never knew, were raised from the dead and healed because Paul extended himself greater. Can you imagine, you know, here, take this handkerchief and go pray. People looking at him, handkerchief? I've never seen that before. You see, when God speaks to you, he says something uh, very intricate. And uh, Dr. Remy, thank you. Um, you know, we kind of went back to our, our memory of the Caribbean. And uh, the main uh, islands that we ministered to was Trinidad, Tobago, Grenada, and St. Vincent. And matter of fact, Jake, Jackie, we were able to uh, help her plant two churches. And, and uh, in Grenada, when the hurricane came, we went through our district and raised uh, close to $200,000 and uh, we're able to rebuild all of the facilities where the government of the country used their facilities to run their government because we rebuilt our churches faster than they rebuilt their government buildings. And see, that's, that's what people can do, like Jackie, who's single, loves Jesus with all her heart, and she has imparted her heart in so many other young ladies. And so... Uh, to do that. I want to pray collectively um, because not only that we reach out to other nations, which we always do, how about if we reach out to our homes, to our neighborhoods, to our businesses, to our jobs, to uh, the place where we work out, to the place where we shop. Let's pray. Father, thank you. As we are learning that this is the beginning of the end, the beginning of the end, where the Holy Spirit pours out all things upon us. God, I thank you that as we uh, are together and we are learning and, and what you've called me to do is equip the saints for the work of their ministry. Lord, as I speak, as my wife speaks today, in Jesus' name, let us understand that our, the greatest ministry we have is right outside our doors. 
the greatest ministry we have is right inside the four walls where we live. And we proclaim in Jesus' name great things, just like Moses, just like Noah, just like Paul. God, you will give us understanding of outreach, of touching lives, and we will see great things happen, greater than we could ever dream, because you said that we are to ask, and when we do ask, that you would do greater things than we would ever ask. And we give you honor for that in Jesus' name. As we get in the Word, as we get in the Word, Lord, bless it. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It is so good to see all of you. Um, I love you. I believe in you. I know that God has called you. God has anointed you to do amazing things for the kingdom of God. No matter how young or how old you are, God has a plan for you. And it's, it's, the plan is good. Jeremiah tells us that uh, he has an amazing plan. Proverbs tells us that, that many of the plans of men, but it's the purposes of God that prevail. Ready? Set? Go. Last week, we began to proclaim to you in a greater way that this is a year, 2018 is a year of outreach. We're going to outreach to God through the word, worship, and relationship. I want you to extend yourself greater than yourself, greater than you've ever done before. If you've been in the Word of God, read through the Bible with us every day, every year. I want you to extend yourself in a greater way. I want you to get involved in discipleship if you haven't already. But to God, to know God, know His Word, and to worship Him. As God has uh, graciously uh, ordained and anointed Pastor Dan to help us, Pastor Ryan to help us with our worship, I want you to be able to extend yourself and to listen and to begin to do those things that they proclaim to you that God is speaking and in relationship to the Lord. Have that personal, intimate relationship with God. An outreach to, to those that we know, those that we love, our, our church family, our family at home, our neighbors, our, our family at work, those that we are around, though our friends, our, our best friends. And um, the BFFs, you know, the, the best friends forever, all the different things that we have, we are to extend in a greater way of love, of forgiveness and acceptance, to be able to extend ourselves out of ourselves so that we can accept others for who they are and what God is molding in and shaping them to be. Amen? That you begin to walk in that peace and that joy, that people don't have to be like you. Amen? You know, we're all believers. The people that we are around don't have to be like us, but they will become like us when we will love and we will minister to them. And that's the next one is outreach to the world in proclamation, in miracles, and a consistent lifestyle just to be an example to people around you when all chaos is going on that we outreach. So we also <clears throat> shared with you prophetic prophetic events last week that trigger the end of the church age. And I proclaim to you, as I talked about proclamation, I, I make a proclamation to you because of what we see, Scripture has told us and showed us that we are in the beginning of the end. Now, it could happen this afternoon or it could happen in another thousand years. But the reality is, when you walk in faith, it doesn't, time 
doesn't put you into a box. You're not thinking time into a box or specific areas of your life. You need to be, have time, like being on time for work and uh, all the different things. But in this area of prophetic, God is in control. There are things that God has said and prophetically spoken. And we're going to see today, and I'm going to show you today, that 2,500 years ago, God prophesied prophetically through mankind and is really was talking about today what we see in the newspapers today, and I'm going to show you that. But in this, the trigger, much of the trigger points involved Israel. Many of the trigger points involved Israel, what's going on with Israel, and Israel is what we have found the only nation created by God. And as my wife comes up, I, I want you to, to understand that she's going to talk to you about how Israel was created. Thank you, honey. Yes, God created the nation of Israel. You know, God let man name everything. You know, when man came and he created man, he gave man the, um, really the responsibility to name all the animals. Even when they, when they moved and went places, they named their cities, they named their children, they named their memorials, whatever they did, they, um, man named them. But God not only, the nation, the, Israel is the only nation created by God. Israel is also the only nation named by God. Israel came, the name Israel came when Jacob, I don't know if you remember the story when Jacob wrestled with the angel and he was moving his family and he was actually going to meet his brother Esau to make amends and he had sent people ahead of himself with gifts and um, everything to appease Esau so that they would come together in peace. And while Jacob was waiting um, at the camp and they had gone forward, he had already sent his family and all of his possessions across the river or the ford and he waited by himself and he was alone. And an angel came to him and wrestled with him and they wrestled all night and in the morning when daybreak came the, the angel said let me go and Jacob said I'm not going to let you go until you bless me and he said the angel said what is your name and he said my name is Jacob and he said no your name will no longer be Jacob it will be Israel because you are a prince and you have wrestled with God and man and you have prevailed and so he blessed him and went forward. Of course, before that, before they stopped, you know, the, the angel wasn't winning the fight, so he touched Jacob on the hip and gave him that limp, and so he limped after that. But the point is, just like in the case with Mary, I thought this is interesting, the only two times where God names his things that are really important to him was his son Jesus. He gave him his name through the angel, you know, um, when the angel came to Mary. Um, and said, you'll have a son. And he said, and, G and God named him and said, his name will be Jesus. It was through the angel. And it was through an angel here with Jacob that God said, his, your name will be Israel. And Israel at that point, because of Jacob's sons, his 12 sons, they became the 12 tribes, which became a kingdom, which then the kingdom ended up being split in two. And there was Israel and Judah. And at some point, even Israel was overtaken by the Assyrians, and Judah became the prominent um, nation. And Judah, Yehuda, is where we get the word Yahu, which is Jew. And so Jew, the name Jew comes from Judah, and Israel is the nation that God named. Again, we are to pray for Israel. We are to pray for the uh, peace of Jerusalem, because now we are in the church age 
pastor's been teaching on Wednesday nights about the dispensations and the times that God is using in the earth to not only bring his redemption story, to bring man to himself. Well, there was the Jewish time that ended on the day of Pentecost. And on the day of Pentecost in second chapter of Acts, when the Holy Spirit came, that's when the church was birthed and born in Jerusalem there. And so we now are in the church age, which Jewish time has stopped. And God is not really dealing with the Jewish people or the nation of Israel right now, but he will again. We are to pray for Israel. We are to pray for the Jewish people because they are God's people. He birthed them and he gave them their name and he gave them their nation. And we're to pray for them, what they're doing and what goes on with them. And we are to minister them, but that's really not our business. It's God's business. And when the church age ends and the rapture takes place and the church is removed from the earth, Jewish time will start again. Uh, Daniel teaches on this, pastors teaching on this. There's, we're, we're, that's the 70th week. And that's when God will, again, Jewish time will come and God will deal with Israel once again and the nation of Israel. And so, again, we are in a time where we as the church have the opportunity to um, really pray and really be a part through the power of the Holy Spirit on behalf of the nation of Israel. But they are God's people, and we have to um, pray for them and support them. Again, in 1948, um, the, the state of Israel came in what it, what it is now was actually voted in. I don't know if you knew, but they had a vote. There were several names that were, were coming up of what they would call the nation that is the nation of Israel today. There was Zion, the Holy State. There was all kinds of names, the Judah, but they all voted on Israel. And that was really prophetic because it was spoken of in the 1800s that there would be a state of Israel. And of course, that's the name that God chose. So isn't that interesting? Isn't that good to know that God has a plan for every one of us? He has a plan for Israel. He has a plan for the Jewish people. He has a plan for every one of us that are Gentiles that have been adopted in to his kingdom and into his plans. And he knows what they are and we can trust him. And we can watch even today what pastor's teaching on through the nation of Israel, what God is doing in our, in our world today. God bless you. Thank you, honey. Praise the Lord. Thank you, honey. She's a wealth of knowledge there. <clears throat> and I enjoy that when she gets up to, to speak the word of God. Well, let's give you some facts now of Israel. Again, Israel is the only nation created by God. Second of all, that Israel is in an everlasting covenant with God and this covenant is still in place today. We have a new covenant, but Israel is still in the covenant that was cut with Abraham. Israel, or we, can, can say the Jews have blessed the world more than any nation on the earth. And much of this we covered last week, but I want to get it into your, your heart and your soul. Also, Israel is God's prophetic super sign and stopwatch. What I mean by super sign is that when you see what is going on around Israel, you will see prophetic, you will see that happen. If we can go ahead and put my voice down just a little bit, and I'm getting, uh, I'm hearing myself twice. Israel is God's prophetic super sign and stopwatch. 
When God says the, that the 70th week begins, you need to come on Wednesday night. You'll hear all about that. You will begin to see God doing the very end that he said in setting up his millennial reign. Well, let's go to Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2, and let's begin with verse 31, and let's read what we covered last week. We won't talk about the supermoon, we won't talk about the, the blood moons, but let's go ahead and read this, and I want to take you now on a journey of seeing the beginning of end times manifesting right before our eyes. And so with all the chaos and all the stuff you hear on the news, and all the junk that you hear on TV or radio or the blogs, I want you to recognize if you want to know what's going on, what God's going to do, what's going to happen in your future, then you go to the Word of God and you'll see exactly, and I'll explain it to you. Joel chapter 2 verse 31, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Get the CD from last week, you'll learn all about that. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the reverence whom the Lord, remnant whom the Lord calls. <clears throat> For behold, in those days and at that time when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations, bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will, I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations, they have also divided up the land. In Genesis 12, verse 1 through 3, now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Speaking of a land, I will make you a great nation, speaking of people. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Notice, I will bless those, plural. Notice, and I will curse him who curses you, singular. What it is literally talking about is when there's a name, a name of a country, a name of, of a leader that will curse Israel, that what he will do is he will, he will uh, curse them. He will literally come against them. That when anyone is against Israel, they are God's enemy. And in you, all families, Israel, all families of the earth shall be blessed. So today, we are in the beginning of end times. The United States has made a proclamation that Jerusalem is the capital city, called the Holy City 3,000 years ago. So Genesis 12, 3 says, I will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. We talked about Hurricane Katrina when we, the United uh, States and the United Nations, caused Israel to divide up God's land, seven days later, Katrina took place. And from Katrina all the way on, we see all of these different things, 2005, all these different things that have manifest 
because we came against Israel. We came against the land. We came against the people. And because of that, then we became God's enemy. Even though we have the, the most amount of believers and Christians and all of that, there were many things that God blessed because of us, but because of the proclamation of our nation, that there, there were many things in chaos that took place. But we are now living in the beginning of end times because we have made a proclamation that we are the friend of Israel. And if you are a friend of Israel, you are a friend of, of God. And if you are blessing Israel, God will bless you. So I'm saying to you that we need to begin to, to move into a realm of believing and understanding that because of the blessings of God, we can extend ourselves, outreach, and receive greater things than we've ever received before in our lives. Today is a great day for you and for me. That's why the enemy is coming against uh, in such a way and causing, uh, proclaiming that the United States is is a racist nation and all kinds of things. And I want to tell you, there is evil in our country. But because we've made a proclamation, evil can be defeated in our country because God is our friend. When our enemies come against us, they're coming against God because we bless Israel. So what goes on in our lives and our land is how we treat God's land and God's people. So blessings are rolling into our land and to our people. So I'm asking you, why not get a hold of it and why not ride the train? So let's talk in end times what's going to happen to Israel. So Israel is God's land and God's people. The scripture talks to us about two wars. Now everything that I will share with you, there's always a counterfeit. There's always someone that comes against it and does, but let me just tell you, this makes sense in scripture, and I'm gonna bring what was prophesied and written thousands of years ago, and I'm going to show you today, contemporary, that it's happening right before our face. There are two wars that are stated uh, regarding Israel. The first is stated in Psalm 83, and it was written 10th century B.C., or a thousand years before Christ was born. The, The Psalm 83 It's a regional war, and all the details are in Psalm 83. The war is Israel against her neighbors, and Israel destroys her enemies that Damascus, Syria, is wiped out, basically. Scripture tells us in Psalm 83, Damascus, Syria, is basically wiped out. Now, when I say wiped out, totally gone, no, but that no longer will they be an enemy. They will be subject to Israel. The second war is a larger war, which is the Gog and Magog war that you read uh, in, in Revelation, you read, in, in, and it's prophesied in Ezekiel 38 and 39, and that's the end time or the Armageddon that you always hear about, the Armageddon. I mean, even I, I was cracking up in the last three months if you, if you watch uh, if you see movies, if you watch TV programs, if you watch the news, they are actually using the term Armageddon. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, they're using that term. And uh, I don't think they're using that term as in that they're 
proclaiming that the word of God is true, but they are literally talking about that. Let's read out of Ezekiel 38, verse 1 through 4, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to begin to express and explain this to you, and here's the reason why I'm doing all this. We are in the beginning of the end times, and I said to you again, and I'll say to you again, that it could happen this afternoon or it could happen a thousand years from now. Because God's the one that's in control, not me, not you. All right, Ezekiel 38, verse 1 says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshesh, and Tubal, and prophesy against them, and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshesh, and Tubal. I will turn you around put hooks into your jaw and lead you out with all your army, horses, and horsemen, all splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Speaking of Gog and Magog, Rosh, Meshish, and Tubal, all of them having military equipment. Verse 5 literally is, is... talking about Persia, watch this, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya will be with them, all with shields and helmets. Verse 6, Gomer and all its troops, the house of Togoma, from the far north and all its troops, many people are with you. Prepare yourself and be ready, you and all your companies that are gathered about you, and be a guard for them. After many days, you will be visited. In latter years, you will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. You will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many peoples with you. Now, what this is, is a prophecy of this war, Gog and Magog, That has not happened yet. The first war of Psalm 83 is happening before our eyes. It's happening now. Or the setup of the beginning. You begin to see this. So remember, those that bless Israel will be blessed by this covenant of God. So the question is, who are these nations? Prophesied thousand years before, prophesied all these years before Christ, who are these nations? Gog, Magog, is Russia. Persia is Iran. Now, the Iranians are not Arabs, they're Persians. Also, it includes the areas of Iraq and Afghanistan. Ethiopia is Sudan or Northern Africa. You have Algeria. Togomar is Turkey. And other nations involved. So when Ezekiel wrote this prophecy, the religion, listen to me closely, 
The religion of Islam did not exist. Islam began the 7th century A.D. After Jesus Christ was crucified, Islam began 700 years after. What Ezekiel was describing was the current part. God loves everyone, as we talked about last week. What Israel was describing was the current part of the Muslim world that is radicalized against Israel. Russia is helping Iran to build their nuclear facility. Now, when you read Scripture, everyone look at me for a second. I know you're looking at all these notes. I'm giving you a lot of information. I am not making political statements. I am making spiritual statements proclamations of prophetic word that God gave us thousands of years ago. Amen? So if you walk out of here, you're listening to, the, to this on, on the, your computer, understand, I am not making a political statement, and if you uh, proclaim that to, to someone that I am, then what you are proclaiming is falsehood. What I am telling you is that God told us even before some of these nations even existed and proclaimed. He proclaimed to us even before a religion even existed, and he proclaimed and pro, uh, gave prophetically what was going to happen. So, but with Iran, it's not Iran, but the Republic of Iran and ISIS who believe they've been called by Allah right now to destroy Israel. And I want to tell you this, it's not Iran because Scripture will show us that part of Iran will become friends of Israel. But it's the Republic of Iran. What we are seeing before our face that is coming against Israel. Now let me tell you what Scripture say. If you bless Israel, you will be blessed. If you curse Israel, you will be cursed. Until last year, Israel was isolated in the Middle East. Because we had made a choice for a season not to be a friend of Israel. And we saw it in our own nation. Every aspect of our nation was in chaos and falling apart. But as a nation, we have changed our policy, and Israel is not alone anymore. Get ready. Get set. Go. The blessings of the Lord is turned because Israel is in covenant with God, and when you join with Israel, you will receive the benefit of this covenant. The beginning of the end, the Holy Spirit is being poured out on all peoples, the Bible tells us. I want you to understand, the beginning of the end, when you begin to see the war, Psalm 83, you begin to see some of the stuff going on, you begin to see all the terrorists, you begin what we've been experiencing, what I want you to understand, you need to stand up and pray and intercede for those peoples. Thousands and millions of Christians are being killed all around the world. In the middle of cursing Israel, Christians are in the middle of that, in Iran, in every Iraq, all those different places. 
I know people who are in those places. You cannot say their name. You cannot say where they're at because if someone hears about it, they could be killed. But the reality is, is you and I are in the middle of the beginning of the end. And God is going to do some miraculous things. We are going to hear testimony of people from around the world that the enemy was right there ready to kill them. But because they were in covenant with Israel and praying for Israel, God protected them. And we're going to see remnant from all over the world rising up and worshiping God. And that's why I'm saying the year of outreach that we need to extend ourselves greater than we've ever extended ourselves. We need to begin to see it's not all about us. We need to take our gifts, take our abilities, take our finances, and begin to extend ourselves into other people's lives and helping them become everything that God has called them to. Let me say this to you. The beginning of the end, the Holy Spirit's going to pour out, and all of God's blessings is going to roll in us. If we will outreach, we will receive an abundance of blessings. Can you tell I'm excited about it? See, in Iran, they call it protests. In the kingdom of God, we call it the move of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm going to say that again. In Iran, you look and they call it protests. Visual looks like that. But I want to tell you, in Iran, the kingdom of God... It's the move of the Holy Spirit. And God is going to do what he has promised because people are rising up and standing for what they believe in. Do you not understand how important you are? Do you not realize how, how great the kingdom of God is going to flow in your life, in your homes, in your businesses, in your jobs? You young people, you are living in the greatest days that we've known of the United States of America. But you watch the news and listen to people, you think it's the worst days. Again, in the kingdom of God in Iran, it's the move of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it interesting the Bible we carry over 2,500 years ago told exactly the geopolitical reality of the day we live in. If you didn't believe the word yesterday, you should believe it today because of that statement. 2,500 years ago. All these nations exist and many, if not all these nations, hate Israel. Well, pastor, how does this war start? Well, Israel has to defend themselves and not let Iran get nuclear technology. That's exactly what Scripture prophesied. You will come with, you will have, <laughs> but he says, no, that's not going to happen. So when I listen to the news and I hear about all the, the different things, I just want you to understand God's in control, and if they don't turn around, God will wipe them out. Russia says, a few years back, you bomb Iran, we are coming after you, to Israel. God says in Ezekiel 38, 3 and 4, 
says this, and say, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshesh, and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks into your jaws, and lead you out with all your army, horses, horsemen. Now you say, well, they don't have horses anymore. How can this be true? God knew there were going to be tanks and missiles. But right here, if you had an army of horses and horsemen, you had the best military ability. All splendidly clothed, a great company, and bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Again, he couldn't say tanks and missiles because they weren't invented yet. So God says, I will turn you around, put hooks into your jaws, and bring you out with your whole army. Again, God is saying, Israel will not have to shoot one bullet. God says, I will personally kill you myself. Ezekiel 38 is God's answer to the Islamic Jihad. So the question is, and I want to tell you, there are millions of Muslims who God is going to proclaim himself to them and they will receive him in the latter days. We don't hate people. They accuse you because you don't agree with them. We don't hate people. We love people. We are a people that walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the blessings of God. So the question is, how does this relate to your personal life? Everyone ready? This is for you. God will destroy your enemy as you obey and walk in covenant lifestyle. Let me tell you, in Scripture, we're talking about these two wars. You know how bad the defeat of the enemy of Israel will be? The answer is found in Ezekiel 39. In Ezekiel 39, it says it'll take seven months to bury the dead. And it'll take seven years to clear the debris. <laughs> That's how big this is. Without Israel shooting a bullet. Well, pastor, but they have, well, you know, you have to understand God's in control and what he says is going to happen. Israel may have small skirmishes, the, the war of 67. You have all these different things that happen. And uh, there are parts, that's another sign to you. There are sometimes things, when I say this is the blessings of God and God's going to bless you, you got to do some things for it too. If you want your blessings in financially, you need to be a tither. You need to be a giver. If you want to walk in health, you know, just don't, you know, keep eating pizza every day and believe God for no heart attack. Amen? So, but keep passing the tamales, please. <laughs> I'll just run an extra mile. Ezekiel 39, again, takes seven months to bury the dead and seven years to clear the debris. It's happening now. So, there's another question. What is the hook in a jaw? What does that mean? 
The explanation is back in them times. Now, I know uh, Peter would struggle with this. I struggle with it. But a stubborn donkey doesn't want to do what the master says to do. So the master took a stick with a hook on it and stuck it in the donkey's jaw and dragged it around or pulled it around and caused it to go where it's supposed to go. God says, let me tell you something, Russia. Let me tell you something, Iran. Let me tell you all who want to destroy Israel. God says, I am in control of you. When the time comes, I will take care of you myself. So why does God do this? Because Israel, the land and people are God's. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are a believer in Jehovah God, and you are a believer in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we are, then you need to understand that God is in control. A covenant has been made by God, and he keeps his word. He keeps his covenant. He is not a liar. Church, hear this. Again, it could happen this afternoon. All the nations are present and accounted for, and it's happening right before our eyes. So let's go back to the book of Acts now. We concluded with last week, and let me just take you on another journey, and then next week we'll begin talking about the blessings of God and how next week we're going to be talking about um, how to cause our heart, our soul, our spirit to become so teachable, so real to the things of God. That's why I love uh, what God is doing with Pastor Dan and Pastor Ryan and with Pastor Terry, all of ours, is what God is doing I'm seeing on an individual basis as collectively we're on the same page, but individually basis God is showing them specific things. Church, that's how God works. That's how God works. We do church as a team. We do church as a team, and we have to get to a place where we understand the vision that we have, yes, is there. It's always the same. Everybody wants a different vision every year. You, we don't have a different vision every year, but we have a different way of accomplishing and a greater way of accomplishing and different levels, and this year, we are in the year of outreach, not outreach where, you know, we sing kuma, you know, all the different uh, fireplace songs. And, but we get to a place, you know, that it's not kumbaya, it's literally we get to a place of outreaching. We are believing God for greater things, greater anointing, greater things that we can do as a church. And we outreach and we begin to reach to other people and we bring people in that they are equipped for the work of their ministry. Your outreach is this, that blessings upon blessings are there for you, but it's for the kingdom of God. If you have a heart for the kingdom of God, which is Israel, a land and a people, you have a heart for that, the kingdom of God, the things of God, everything we see in the word, it includes Israel. It's about Israel. The trigger points are about Israel. And when we understand that, we will begin to walk in a peace in the midst of chaos of this world.
Peter said after the revelation of the Holy Spirit, baptism. Verse 17, and it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour, this is God saying this through Peter, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. All flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, see, he's co-equal God, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vaporous smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. We covered that last week. Before the coming of the great and awesome day uh, of the Lord, the great and awesome day is the second advent when Jesus comes back to the earth. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's about salvation. Everything moves into people getting born again. So here is our promise too. Verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. God knows all things. You have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Now go back to Acts chapter 1. This is a promise. Jesus leads us. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Notice he said began. He began. Who's going to help fulfill it? Hello, church. Until the day in which he was taken up, after he threw the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostle, apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait from the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, speaking of salvation, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? See, because what Terry's talking about, they're still thinking Jesus setting up the kingdom of God on the earth. That's the second advent. That's after the tribulation and setting up the thousand-year millennial reign. And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you, watch this, but you, talking to you, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses, outreach to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Your outreach comes with power. When you begin to understand, ready, set, go, when you begin to understand 
that the things that you didn't do because you didn't have enough money, you didn't have enough this, you didn't have this, but God is saying to do something and you do it, it comes with power. It will produce everything that you need. But it takes a people of faith. When you're gonna be a person in a year of outreach, we're gonna have to be people of faith. We're gonna have to believe God for big. We're gonna have to outdo everything that we've ever done before. Not that we're in a race, not that we're trying to be better than anybody else, but bottom line, we're gonna have to be a people that really see what God is doing and rest in what God is doing. Let me just tell you, God is in control. Don't you sit and worry about what's gonna happen in this world. God's in control. He's already told us. I mean, 25, just think of it, 2,500 years ago, he's talking about stuff that wasn't even there yet. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the power and the knowledge and the foreknowledge of our God. <laughs> Outreach with power to God, those that you know, and to the world. Blessings and miracles are in your life today. You know, get on the phone. Yeah, you know, I have a, a cousin that is in the hospital, and well, um, well, maybe we need to call Pastor Dan. Maybe we need to call Pastor Ryan. You know, because because you know I can't do that. Why not? Why can't you go and pray for them? Why can't you believe for a miracle? Why can't you outreach? Why can't you extend yourself greater than yourself? Not that we wouldn't be there, not that we don't want to pray, but why can't you do that? Why can't the church begin to rise up? And let me tell you, we can. Why can't the church begin to rise up and begin to outreach and begin to believe God for big, begin to give big, begin to live big, begin to do these things? Now, I'm not talking about not living within your means. I'm talking about living within God's means. When you begin to move after something, you don't have the money, you don't have the stuff, the substance, you've never done it before, you're uncomfortable, begin the step to go forward. Stop quitting because you think you don't have it. And begin to rise up. Ready, set, go. You get ready, you get set. How do you get ready? You go to God, you get in his word more, you get intimate with God, you're ready. You get set, you get your stuff in order, you make sure what you've learned with God and intimacy that is happening in your life, that you're not living two different lives, that you're online with God, you're faithful to church, you're faithful to your spouse, you're faithful to your business, to your job, you're, you're the man of integrity, you're the woman of integrity, that you are co-equal, men and women. You walk in this lifestyle, you get set, and then you just go do it. You just go do it. You just go reach and touch and transform the world. <laughs> God's in control. And when you get to the place where you believe that, then you will get to the place when God leads you to do greater than you're doing now. You're not walking in fear. 
you're walking in faith. You are a believer who lives in and under a covenant made by blood. God is not a liar. God cannot go against his covenant. What he says, he does. Get out there. Make it happen. When we call to pray for the missionaries, don't just say, oh, that was cute. I love Pastor Remy, which we all do. But we we love his wife more. But anyways, (laughs) we love Ruth. Dr. Remy, we love. But you begin to, when we call out next gen is having something, that you're there praying, you're believing God. You hear... The, the, young, the children are having something. Next-gen children are having something. You begin to get involved. You begin to do that. Fine Arts says we're having an Easter program, a Christmas program. You begin to outreach. Stop being the comfortable Christian. Stop being the Christian that says, well, I'll do it if, and you name 10 things that need to happen before you do it. You'll never do it. And the blessings of the Lord have you, ever, have you ever walked into a, a store where they have the, the fan that's at the entrance of the door? And you walk in, it's, almost, it's like you lose your hair almost. <laughs> you know, when the Holy Spirit is blowing in your life and moving with other people around you at Valley Community, don't be a person that's standing there and letting your hair just go like that and everybody's just moving on. Jump on God's train, the Holy Spirit train, and begin to move. Well, but pastor, I've made mistakes before. It doesn't matter. Forgetting those things which are behind and press towards the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Amen. If you've sinned, confess the sin and then stop sinning. It's easier said than done. Okay, give me all the excuses. That's, that's what God is saying here. He's saying, I am going to do this. Will you do it with me? We have made the proclamation of Israel, the land and the people. The blessings of God are going, will you join in? Let's all stand. <laughs>